might be a different Hercules. Yeah, I mean, Hercules is a very popular name nowadays. Remember, like, a few years ago, every other boy was named Jason, and the girls were all named Brittany? I Dwellers, and welcome back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library, the podcast where we watch all the Disney movies and talk about them at nausea. Nausea? At, at nausea? At, at nauseum? I, you know, phrases aren't my forte. I am Jeff, and humoring me over there across the country, as per usual, is TC. Hello, TC. Hello, Jeff. It's good to be back. Mm-hmm. Here we it's are. You know what? It's, to be back. It's, it's nice to be talking about a movie that people have something to say about. Oh yes, uh, have stuff about stuff to say about yeah yeah. Cause, and last <laughs> week we did too. People had lots to say about last week. The week before, oh, yeah. like nary a word about Pocahontas, <laughs> <laughs> which is really saying something about the movies. Then uh, yep, that uh, yep. I, I'm I'm happy to know that I, there are uh, a lot of other people out there that are kind of in agreement with us on a lot of uh, a lot of these movies. It seems yes, like that yes, that it's is. like yeah, we all kind of share similar opinions or similar feelings or. Uh, validation. Exactly. It's that validation that I live for, guys. And I'm glad that you validate me because you all complete me. You um, complete, complete me. And we're me. back. <laughs> and we're back into this. <laughs> um, this week's episode, um, yeah, we're going to see how well this week's episode goes. Cause, okay, cause, okay. Cause, well, uh, hold on a minute. I need, I, need, I need to prepare my response to what you're about to say. It's a very obvious response, but go ahead, continue. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm terrified to know what your planned response is. So I don't. Um, it's cool. Go ahead. Basically, I. Uh, what, what did we watch? You have to say. You have well, to say what oh, we that's right. I suppose we should probably say what we watched first. Yeah. Uh, we watched yeah. the 1997 film Hercules. Hercules. I think yes. you mean Huncules. <laughs> I cannot believe you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like if I if I didn't if I didn't do that, there would have been people out there like someone should have said that. So, ha- hashtag Q Walla. Um, (laughs) no so we watched hercules and and uh so right off the bat right off the bat i'm gonna i'm gonna say this like i have Mm -hmm. i have never seen hercules Uh a newbie yeah newbie. the the extent that i have ever seen hercules was i remember i don't know if it was a if it was the trailers or if it was commercials for you know like McDonald's toys or something like that, but yeah, I always yeah. remember seeing um, the couple a couple lines from Hades, mm-hmm. um, primarily like the two thumbs two way thumbs up that way up, <laughs> yep that line, and then the other one of like uh, like we sit down and we do I can't remember what it is, but like we call it a day. How's that sound or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all that's all I've ever seen. I have I have never seen. Anything else from this movie? Okay, I've never only... seen uh, Hades, Lord of the Underworld. And good to meet you. Good to meet you. None of that. Man, it's a whole new experience for you. A whole new experience. And the, and the only other thing that I've ever heard of was I've heard the Michael Bolton version of Go the Distance that plays during the end credits. I will go the distance. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, that song in the movie because I only know the 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 actual like the normal radio version of the song. Right. That song in this movie lasts. A long time that lasts like three different locations and like yeah. ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> I hadn't realized that like like when he when when Hercules starts singing it again, I went, oh, 
Oh, this song's not done with yet. Oh, okay. Still going. <laughs> Still going. Okay, movie. I, I, okay, I got you. I got you. All right. So this this was your this was your first experience with with this movie. That's right. Kind of interesting. I'm I'm curious to see how this episode unfolds because I have seen this movie before, mm-hmm. and I've seen it uh, I've seen it once before um, in my initial watching of all these films. Uh, I never saw it in theaters. I didn't even see it when it first came out on on Blu-ray or whatnot. It was in that period where I was I didn't like the movies uh the like i didn't like that disney was doing pocahontas and hunchback and hercules it felt incorrect to me but that that was quickly dashed out the window when i realized oh they do more than fairy tales i mean pinocchio wasn't a fairy tale that's the second movie they ever made so i need to (laughs) i need to stop thinking that that way um so I, i had seen this once before and in in the viewing of it for this episode i watched it twice oh nice how come you watched I, it twice? The the first time watching it, I had a, a friend come over to watch it with me because it's his oh, okay. favorite movie. His name is Jeff Other Jeff. Oh, Other Jeff. I know Other yeah, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, uh, Jeff Other <laughs> Jeff came, came over and because uh, it's his favorite one. And it was fun to watch it with someone who's so much of a fan of it and to talk through the whole thing and, get, and just listen to his thoughts and opinions about it while it was playing out. Um, but then after, then I wanted to watch it again to really engaged with it and and be able to take notes and and be critical about it without you know kicking back and laughing with my buddy so i i watched it twice for this episode which <laughs> i mean don't let that speak to a credit of the film i'm not i don't want to say one way or the other how i feel about it just by the fact that i watched it twice that's why i watched it twice okay okay there you go. very good and and yeah. you know I, I i did some thinking so the movie ended and i didn't really have a strong reaction to the film one way or another. Okay. Um, I, I definitely know because I was reading some of the posts people were um, leaving on Facebook today and just kind of the the general, the people who I have talked to who have seen uh, Hercules. And mm-hmm. it seems like for the most part, it's kind of just everybody enjoys it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good, it's it, to, to the masses, uh, mm-hmm. From the opinions we're seeing online, a couple of tweets I got, is, and the Facebook.com slash Top Shelf Pod. I'm so good at saying that now. You are. Um, I, I don't even. I don't even know what the podcast, the URL is anymore. You just yeah, yeah. you say it. So, <laughs> uh, but yes, the, the consensus seems to be that people generally like this movie. Um, but we'll we'll get to the comments and the and the reactions from our listeners as we get further mm-hmm. on the podcast. Let's just dive into this. Uh, one of the, one of the things I want to address right off the bat is the revisionist version of these this greek story first of all yes hercules is the roman translation heracles would have been the greek translation don't get snobby about that but the people <laughs> who watch this and had that that opinion and it's it's a valid opinion that this is such a oh this is nothing like the greeks because anyone who knows greek history greek mythology the gods are jerks and <laughs> not good people <laughs> and right uh, right <laughs> and would never it's it's funny because you look at Hunchback and Notre Dame the way Disney was able to translate that it's like wow that's really adult. This they did not go and try to translate it to its content like to its original source material. They they definitely Disneyfied it. They they played it up for fun, uh, which was a response to the very lukewarm. Uh, sorry, a reaction to the very lukewarm response that Pocahontas and Hunchback and Notre Dame got. That those those two movies were just too they went too far they pushed the envelope too far to serious that that the powers that be at Disney were like we got to bring the fun back let's bring 
uh, Musker and Clemensbeck, the guys who brought us Aladdin mm-hmm. and the Great Mouse Detective, and have them go to town with let, let them just do the thing that they do. So uh, before I go further on Clemens and and Musker. The tone shift, the fact that this is not a, a, a direct translation or that it doesn't uh, really honor the source material, is established in the first minute of this film because it starts out like it's going to be very serious. You right. have Charlton Heston saying, oh, the uh, Greeks, the gods. Like he starts doing that very dramatic narration, and the muses are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're trying to make this some boring Greek tragedy. This is a story that's going to be fun. Boom. And then he, they take over. You go, girl. And uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do it. <laughs> that's a, a spot-on Charlton Heston impersonation. <laughs> uh, you, you, uh, Steve, I don't think I can do a Charlton Heston uh, because you, you got to be deep no. and gravelly and low. I just I don't think I don't think it's From possible. My cold easy. dead hands. Yeah, <laughs> um, they take over. They they establish the tone of the movie. So anything that a, a more uh, more well read uh, someone who's into literature and mythology would say, oh, this is inaccurate. The muses did that. It's it's established right at the front that it's like, hey, you know what? We're not going to give you a boring direct translation of greek mythology let's kick this off and have some fun here so any mm-hmm. any it's i i am forgiving of the pop cultural references in this movie than i uh, more forgiving than i am in what hunchback of notre dame did because hunchback of notre dame it it was a tonal uh, a really bad juxtaposition between the modernisms versus the the to- overall tone of the film Whereas mm-hmm. Hunchback and Notre Dame, because the muses are our narrators, because they are giving us a story in the fashion that they give it, all those those references, I, I'm much more forgiving of those. Some of them don't work for me. I don't really particularly care for the Air Herc sandals that they have. <sighs> yeah. Like that, that joke is a that, – that one doesn't land. But – Many of the of the references and jokes here, I'm much more forgiving of than I was for something like Hunchback or even uh, what if I was pretty hard on Oliver and Company. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you could even you... argue that you could you could forgive the, the 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 fact that the muses sing in a Southern Baptist gospel tone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like but the Alan music Macon's... is all coming yeah. off in that way, you know. Yeah, Alan Macon's dream come true. He'd been wanting to write a gospel style musical for like a decade so he finally got mm-hmm. a chance to do that uh, and and making just doing his thing in this movie but i want to ask you jeff what did you think of the this presentation of this mix of greek mythology in a very it, it is is very much in line with the type of comedy we got from aladdin right um, how did how'd you feel about it I I I didn't mind the fact that it didn't or that that it, that it didn't fall in line with what the actual you know Greek mythology is. I looked it up just to see because I because I was curious to know like okay so what like how how far away did they stray from the source material because I don't know off the top of my head you know I mm-hmm. I don't know a ton of that I don't know that type of uh, I'm, I'm a I'm a big Greek mythology fan that when I was when I was young being raised Catholic I. And I was reaching that point of questioning my faith. I had this moment of, uh, oh, these several moments of like, boy, if I could pick uh, a religion to be true, uh, the Greeks are kind of cool because they're all like superheroes. So, <laughs> <laughs> which basically they, they were, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's not like I started worshiping uh, 
the <laughs> Zeus and the Olympians or anything, but I just liked the stories of the Greek Greeks uh, better because they were right. just cooler stories. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I will say that uh, because I didn't know how accurate the the source material was, it mm-hmm. didn't bother me that they that they didn't do it 100% accurately. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't I just, I kind of expect Disney not to ever do it 100% accurately. Uh, it mm-hmm. kind of goes back to um the, the a lot of the, the the films from the 70s that we were watching, stuff like the Robin Hood and, you know, uh, uh Sword in the Stone and all those that kind of give you this kind of like or uh, even um uh Great Mouse Detective that were kind of these intro pieces uh geared towards kids more so to the bigger, greater works, and it's a hey, right. yeah. This is kind of the 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 Cliff Notes version, or 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 whatever it's called nowadays. It's the the introdu- Spark Notes now. The, Spark the Notes, inter- yeah. The introduction wow. to the materials. That's right. It, it's the introduction to the materials. Um, right. But uh, I so Musker and Clements, they have because of Aladdin, they have this very comedic, speedy, snappy style to their films. The the energy of Hercules is very very similar. Uh, tonally to to Aladdin, and uh, this, I I did see some criticism about people like ah oh, it's too goofy it's too slapsticky. So is Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid, which is something right. that we had forgotten, or at least I had forgotten until we did the rewatches of them. That there are wild takes of ah! you know uh, those those styles of comedic um, cartoonish timing mm-hmm. that that didn't. If 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 uh, Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid were a little more grounded, then yeah, this style of comedy and cartoon would feel out of place. But it didn't to me. I, I didn't feel out of place at all. No, because because like you said, with the with that opening gag of the muses cutting off the what would have been the boring narrator, uh, Charlton Heston, and and introducing this concept that this is not a normal. Um, a normal film, it's gonna be kind of goofy. It's gonna be silly. There's gonna be things that are just gonna be happening in it. You kind of, it like you said earlier, it definitely, it definitely sets your mind in in a particular place where you are more forgiving of yeah. kind of that silly slapsticky ridiculousness. Hades. Okay, I will. I the one thing you will get out of me for this episode is my constant praise of Hades. I love oh, that character James so Woods, much. James Woods oh. came in. Here's a little. Here's a little history, a little background on on uh, Hades himself, himself. They went through tons of uh, trying to nail down some sort of celebrity to do this, and uh, uh, in fact, Danny DeVito even went so far as to recommend Jack Nicholson for the part, and. He, uh, he, Jack Nicholson asked for like fifteen million dollars and fifty percent of the merchandising. It was like, Jeez. yeah, it was like, no, no, you're not gonna. Not gonna. Um, they actually cast John Lithgow as John Lithgow as Hades and and recorded with him for months before they realized it just wasn't working. And did a whole new round of auditions, and all these people were coming in, and they were doing Hades, and they were trying to be Jafar, and they were trying to be Scar, right. they were trying. And then James Wood came in the door, and he's like, "Hello, hello Hades, Lord of the Underworlds, nice to meet you." Like that—that that was his when he walked <laughs> through the door to audition. That was what he said. He said, "Hello," and that's the line that ended up in the movie. They, looked, they were like, he came in and gave them something they didn't even know they wanted. He came in right. and played this this used car salesman. Good, good to see you. 
And yeah, he does he, come off very much so like a used car salesman, like a slimy. Just that's he's a swindler. That's what he does. Yeah. You know, he but he's good at it. He knows what he's doing. Uh-huh. And he's got a little. He's a little bit, a little, a little hot, uh, hot tempered. Oh gosh, I, <laughs> no I pun love, intended. Yeah, <laughs> his his calm, cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. Rah! His light switch, like freakouts are so. I love the animation on his fire, uh, on his on his hair. I love the. I just Hades is spectacularly realized in this movie. Oh, um, definitely. And, and James Woods loved doing this part, so much so that he negotiated a lower amount of money so that they would never cast anyone else to do the voice of Hades. <laughs> the, Her- the Hercules cartoon series, James Woods. The video game, Kingdom Hearts, James Woods. The toys that have Hades' voice, which is super rare, the actor did the voice for the toys even. Like the, that's how much so he, unheard of. <laughs> he was just in love with the fact that he got to play this villain. Like this, it was it was really important to him that that he got to do this. He and a huge credit to James Woods for that. And Definitely, what I, I'm not gonna. We won't discuss anything else about James Woods <laughs> aside from what he is in this film. And in this film, <laughs> he is the he's he's fantastic. Um, he's Absolutely. a great great villain. I I almost I almost. I would love to hear what John Lithgow had done. I, you know, like like that's it's very intriguing to know that obviously James Woods in this movie is perfect as this mm-hmm. character, oh, and yeah. I cannot imagine anybody else being Hades because it's it's there's so much of just there's such a character there that I I'm curious to know if John Lithgow had done something along the lines of um, like Farquaad from Shrek. You know, uh, was it oh, just yeah. was it more of a just you know kind of That's right, normal he, upper crust just person that he was doing as the evil guy? Or, I didn't even or remember what? that he was Farquaad in yeah. in Shrek. That's crazy. <laughs> like, there's a part of me that wonders if that's not what he did. You know, mm-hmm. more of uh, or, or or what? I it'd be so curious to see because they would have been a completely different a completely different oh, yeah. movie, um, at least a completely different character portrayal. Yeah, that, at the end there's, of the day. I've often heard it said, and you may have heard it too, Jeff, and our listeners probably have heard this as well, a movie is only as good as its villain. And mm-hmm. Hades being as good as he is definitely helps this movie, uh, raises this, elevates this film. Um, but it, it's a credit to James Woods for, for coming in and, and wanting to do it so badly. Uh, and uh, if we're speaking of voice actors, I want to give credit to Danny DeVito, who, if just seeing the name Danny DeVito... I, one would think, oh great, this is going to be like Jason Alexander's performance, <laughs> right? This is going <laughs> like to be all over again. <laughs> but especially watching it twice and truly appreciating just how much energy and life that performance has. Danny DeVito's performance as Phil is really fantastic. He's he is not phoning it in one bit, and uh, often strong performances like that. Uh, uh, voice performances will inform the animators. They will mm-hmm. draw from because uh, Disney started this tradition. I think it's standard now of all all animated movies. They film the vocal recordings so that the animators can watch the voice the vocal performers performing their lines. And a lot of times that will lead to oh man, look what like uh, Hades does this great thing when he hear when Meg says ah this guy Hercules and and Hades leans forward and goes. What was that name? 
again. And he does this gesture with his hand, and then he like does this gesture with his head, like his hand and his head. And that's a straight up James Woodism that they clearly he he had to have done that in the booth. And, uh, and Danny DeVito, there's so much about Phil that is just that's freaking Danny DeVito playing that character. And, 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 and this is going to come back up uh, for a film that's going to come down the ways a little bit, but I can definitely see, like, knowing James Wood is, is, is Hades and knowing Danny DeVito, you know, you, you can picture both of those actors portraying those characters, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not just because James Wood is tall and thin and Danny DeVito's short and fat. Yeah. It's not, that's not the point. But the, the point is, is like just their facial expressions actually how they look a little bit too, like their actual character model in some degree is very reminiscent of, I can see the actor in that face. Oh yeah. Um, and so it's, 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 it's awesome that they do do that. And I would, I, I, I lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. Oh God. <laughs> well, uh, oh, it happened it, again. Uh. You said there's someone coming down the pipe that, uh, the voice actor that, um, we're going to be getting that you're hinting at something. Yeah, oh yes, I'm. I'm just uh, in in a handful of more movies. Actually, the last one of our set of ten here that we're doing is definitely uh, a movie that you watch. You look at the, the the characters in those films, or in that film, and every single one of those characters is a, is a character spitting image, if you will, mm-hmm. of, of the, the voices of the voice actor themselves. <laughs> and it's just you could see a live action version and they wouldn't have to do much to these to those actors to make them look like the people that they're portraying. Nice. Uh, I know which movie you're talking about too as well. You know what but I'm to, talking to, about. <laughs> to, to, to stick with Hercules, another uh, great voice performance here is Susan Egan, who is mm-hmm. the Meg. the legend legendary uh, Belle from Broadway. How long how many <laughs> years did she do it? <laughs> Wasn't it like fifteen or something 15 like that? Fifteen years she played Belle on Broadway. She, she holds the record. But uh, so her is Megara or Meg. Meg is. What did you think of Meg, Jeff? I, I'm curious. So Meg, I, I was I was actually a little confused as to what her deal was for mo- for like the first <laughs> half of the film until mm-hmm. I had realized like oh, okay so she's. Okay, so she is working with Haiti. Okay, I get it. All right, I, and then I kind of understood, and then I was just trying to figure out what she was gonna do. Like I was, yeah. then I was just sitting there going, "Okay, you have to redeem yourself." I'm assuming at some mm. point, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I'm like, "Oh, okay." So they they made her the love interest, and all right, cool. Um, I did like her. I mean, she's. <sighs> I liked her more than Hercules because I'm not gonna lie, gang. <laughs> well, not gonna lie. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get that um, in a minute. Uh, Meg, yeah. I love Meg. I love one yeah. of her first lines is "I can handle this." Uh, she talks about like you know, men. No means yes, <laughs> and Hercules <laughs> doesn't get it. Um, and they didn't want Susan Egan. Uh, Menken didn't want Susan Egan because now Menken had done Beauty and the Beast for Broadway, uh, and he obviously knew Susan Egan's ability, but he didn't mm-hmm. want it. He didn't think the innocent wonderful heroic bell could voice the more scoundrel that meg is right and so to to convince him she auditioned uh just by voice she did not come in and read for them she they all turned their backs on her and she performed the part without them looking at her which obviously it's a voice performance. You'd think that would be a given, but just to put that out of Mencken's mind, she came in and did Meg and proved of her proved her capabilities as a voice actress. And she's just 
fantastic. And there's nothing Bell. Well, I mean, yeah, there's there's the the tenacity of Bell, but Meg is a much more uh, worldly character. She's she's been to the underworld and back. She's right, uh, but she's loved and been uh, and lost love and fell in love and again. She's a she's a far more complex character than a lot of the other female leads we've seen. Now, just to get it, just to get her story straight. Now, was it just so I can understand exactly yes. what happened? Yeah. She had, did she sell her soul to Hades to bring her love back? Was that what it yes. was? Yes. Yeah, and then he, and then he, like, ah, thanks, babe. Oh, another girl, and he, and he left. <laughs> so, okay, she, she had given up her soul to Hades for a man who ended up leaving her. So that's why okay. her whole, her whole song that I, um, I won't say I'm in love. She can't do that to herself again and be and be betrayed but she did fall in love with like the most noble guy she possibly could have fallen in love with um <laughs> yeah hades uh, right i mean it's oh uh, yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so her motives her motives are very well done and she's um she has like she says like everyone's petty and dishonest and uh, no one can hurt you if you're alone like she has some complexity to her, and I, I yeah. appreciate it. I, I like that about her as a character. Um, never and, been and officially crowned uh, princess. And they're just oh, that's a, that's a good point. You know, because considering that our main our our our, our main protagonist is a is a guy in this film, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't even think about her uh, uh, that she wasn't among the princesses, but she wouldn't be, would she? Because because no. Hercules wouldn't be uh, isn't royalty. <laughs> well, that kind of stinks. There are well, rules for it. We, uh, someone actually tweeted us about that's it, right. so we'll, I'll bring it up again later. Uh, but let's talk about Hercules himself. First off, uh, th- <laughs> this movie is a better Superman movie than some of the Superman movies we've gotten recently. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. A uh, Basically, a, a god-like character is sent to mortal Earth where he shows up, uh, is super strong even as an f- infant, Mm-hmm. Has a evil force who knew his father, yeah. uh, <laughs> trying uh, is, to kill is him. It, is adopted by two old farmers who were having trouble conceiving. Yep. <laughs> yep. He doesn't understand why he's different as a as a clumsy teenager, and his dad and mom tell him the truth, and then he goes off on a spirit quest to figure out who he is. He meets the disembodied voice of his father. Of his father. <laughs> <laughs> TC, this movie is Superman. And it's a better Superman than what we've been getting. <laughs> well, now uh, I, I like, have to rewatch this entire movie because now uh, that I see that uh, that <laughs> that connection, <laughs> I have a whole different viewing of this film now. Oh, no. Uh, but I, 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 I do like... The, it's the hero's quest. It's the hero's journey. So if you look at what Pocahontas and Hunchback did, they were a bit uh, removed from the classic story arcs that we get from from more traditional storytelling and this uh, Hercules definitely goes back to the the Joseph Campbell monomyth the three act structure the high point the low point the everything like that the 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 climax the denouement it's all here structured in the screenplay and Hercules as even though he's a god and he has superpowers he's still painted very much as a vanilla everyman mm-hmm. and he's he doesn't he isn't the strongest element of this movie. He's a, he's just the the central point of the movie. But when you have Hades over here being as strong as, as, of a personality, he is even Phil, who has a more interesting arc. <laughs> Phil, <laughs> like I love it. Phil, Hercules says, hey, "Haven't you ever had a dream?" And Phil gets this look, 
where he's like, yeah, God, let me tell you, I did have a dream. And he explains his whole dream about he just wants to be the coach to the greatest hero ever. <laughs> so that people will look up at the stars and say, hey, there's Phil's boy. And he gets that in the end. And it's this wonderful, It that is the most heart heartfelt, like that's the most touching element of this film is Phil's journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And, and, uh, and then you have Meg being the personality she is. That Hercules is just a weak. He's he's a weak main character, but I'm sh- <laughs> oh jeez, rim shot. <laughs> it's okay. We're we're doing all the puns today, so yeah, it's perfectly yeah, yeah. okay. TC. <laughs> so I wonder if, and I, I have this as a note, is it because is there is there a lack of development for Hercules? Is it because they play him as just the standard hero on a journey? Um, does the movie? play out too fast as much as i enjoy the comedy and the speed and the looney tunes isms of this movie Mm -hmm. does the does the story go by too quickly that you can't really attach yourself to hercules because even looking at the comments we got no one's on here going i love the character hercules everyone's saying hey uh, hades meg uh, the uh, uh, Meg song. <laughs> right, right. Well, and I think that that's a good point because we spend the most time with Hercules, but nothing really happens in that time. I mean, we're 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 with him the moment that he's born, you know, mm-hmm. him getting kidnapped to him being the kid, be that awkward teenager, um where it's like, oh, it, that and that whole scene that it's it's strange. I I agree with you in the sense that I think it moves too fast, but then there are certain beats that just take forever to get their point across uh for example that whole sequence where he is the teenager and he ends up knocking down that whole the whole market yeah yeah Yeah. that scene is like that seems like 10 12 minutes long it's a long scene and all that happens is it shows that he's an awkward teen and that nobody likes him and and, and, (laughs) yeah and it's like it's one of those where it could have actually that stuff could have played out Maybe a little different. I, I cannot off the top of my head think of how well, there was you know, a, or what they a, would do. A young Hercules TV series that played out all of that for a couple seasons. So if 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 your if your desire is to want to see more klutzy young Hercules that no one likes trying to prove himself in the world, there's a TV show for that. There's a TV show for that. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the equivalent of there's an app for that. Yeah. Um, but like, like, but then there's just there's definitely other spots where there is just. I don't know. I, I, Hercules to me, and um, this was one of the notes that I mean, I I made a note. I don't, I do not care about Hercules or his journey at all. <laughs> like I, I really don't. I mean, it's like I'm like I'm like yeah. I want obviously I I want him to be able to go back to where he belongs and to to you know be given back his powers and obviously not die. Mm-hmm. But there are so many of all like every. Literally every other character in the film I care about more. <laughs> um, I even care about freaking pain and panic, which we have to bring back up we, again we, because we will, yeah, we will. Oh, those two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I even care about them more than I care about Hercules, just because. It, and there's a one spot, and it's it's especially. And I, I know this is kind of the point to a degree, but it's after it's 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 after Hercules become famous, and he goes about. He just he kind of came off as kind of a tool basically and Aww. i just didn't care anymore <laughs> and then i then i was more concerned about then I, I you know then i shifted my attention to phil and hades and like all the other characters come just like no they're more interesting to me they all have good strong motives for why they are who they are mm-hmm. and i just want to make sure that they end up 
where they're supposed to at the end, whether that be at Hades gets his comeuppance or Meg, you know, maybe actually realizes that she's doing wrong and she you know, and, and can open up her heart again. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> like, uh, like, like, yeah, like I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Hercules. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, you brought up pain and panic. So I, I, I have some thoughts about pain and panic as well, but I'd like you to go, go at this first, especially again, because this was your first experience with them. I knew what I was getting into with them. Uh, what, what, what you seem to have some thoughts on pain and panic. I was super excited when I, when I heard, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait Bobcat starting Goldthwait. to talk, when pain comes down the door, like, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> did they actually get Bobcat? And I had, I had to IMDB and I went, Oh, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. got Bobcat. And then, mm-hmm. then once uh, panic started talking and I'm like, why do I know panic? Why it's do I know that voice? Max it's Hedrum. Matt Frewer. Yes. Max Hedrum. <laughs> Big Russ Thompson from Big, Honey, I Shrunk the, the Kids. Shrunk the kids. <laughs> I went, ah, or of course, anybody too young to know any of that stuff. He's on Orphan Black. He's on all this other stuff. You guys mm-hmm. know that, whatever. I know him as movie. Big Russ Thompson and Max Hedrum. That is who yeah. I know that man is. <laughs> I as well. Uh, so you you were a fan of Pain and Panic. I liked Pain and Panic. They, you know, they were goofy. They were the, they were the stupid, silly, you know, henchmen of the villain, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously we've seen done hundreds of hundreds of times uh, or 35 times uh, prior to, <laughs> prior to this. <laughs> uh, but at, at the same time, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy seeing them. I, I liked the characters. They were very, very cartoony over the top characters. Yes. Um, that again, had that, had, had it, had it not been established that we are in that world, they would have felt tonally inconsistent Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have just, they would have been wrong entirely for this film. Um, I, I was, it, it would have been, it would, well, actually, I can't even say that cause, cause, uh, LeFou is kind of goofy and over the top and the, the hyenas are kind of goofy and over the mm-hmm. top. And uh, obviously, uh, flipping Iago is so over the top. It's not <laughs> even funny. I, um, I think that pain and panic fall into the same category as the hyenas. They are, they are critical to the plot. Which, uh, if you look at some other sidekicks, the gargoyles are not critical to the plot of Hunchback. Um, right. Uh, uh, trying to think of another uh, Miko and and Flit. They are not essential to. I know those aren't hench dog uh, hench hench dogs hench creatures henchmen um, <laughs> henchmen. <laughs> but they pain and panic are actually is essential to the plot of of Hercules. Part right. of me, I don't think I don't think every one of their moments works. Uh, oftentimes, the momentum can slow down because we have to see a gag with pain and panic but mm-hmm. at the same time they do have some real there's there's a great moment of uh, when hades is freaking out and he grabs them by the head and they're like ah, hot, hot, hot. <laughs> i don't know why that moment jumps out at me as is so good but it's it's the animation and it's the and it's their reactions to it um plus they they have oh, see I, i'm jumping all over the place here the details in them actually speaks to the details of this whole movie animation wise technically Mm -hmm. i think this movie is one of the most realized worlds we've ever seen in any of these disney movies and i will and i will say just real quick i will say again i'm a broken record this movie is absolutely gorgeous looking despite the fact that i may not be a huge fan of it it mm-hmm. was still beautiful, and the music was fantastic, and the yeah. voice acting is great. But yeah, it was a gorgeous looking world. Anyways, continue. It, it, the the it feels like a world with so much to tell, and it and it and it comes into existence immediately. Where mm-hmm. even some of the classics like Beauty and the Beast, 
Beauty and the Beast doesn't have a look that necessarily sets itself apart. Uh, I mean, Grant, the whole movie itself sets itself apart. I'm not trying to bash that. But looking at more of the classic films, though Cinderella might be the more memorable film, Sleeping Beauty has a look that stands out. Right. Uh, and... And and though Bambi might be a a, a much uh, a superior film, even Dumbo has a look that makes itself stand out in its own way, uh, and that's not a credit. That's not the overall credit to the film. I'm not saying one's better than the other. But what I will say about Hercules is that the movie is so, it's the world is so vibrant and real. All the gods are so unique, and that that in a in a, a at a macro level, macro yeah, at a macro level is impressive. <laughs> The details at a micro level uh, really are a credit to the to the filmmakers of this film as well, the the filmmakers for this movie. Details like the way hair falls, or tr- or the leaves of trees, or smoke, or waterfalls, the water uh, uh, spilling into into off the waterfall. It has columns. Everything is is carved like columns. There mm-hmm. isn't. There aren't very fine line details it's all uh it has you know the the curl of arches and columns and everything is has a quality of greek art to it and that that little attention to detail is great and i really really enjoyed that uh the look as far as the look is concerned of the film um the backgrounds are beautifully designed and then oh, the yeah. characters existing when that with them uh, something as simple as the way pegasus flies when you first see Pegasus created from the clouds, he's being pinched by the back by his wings, and his body hangs from that pinch. And when he's an adult, that physics still exists on Pegasus on a much bigger level. And he has weight to him, and the way he moves, it's... it's And also another great... Another returning voice actor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Because now, now, guys, you will not be able to watch these movies without hearing the voice work being just just you you all gonna hear jim cummings and you're all gonna hear uh uh oh my goodness i'm spacing on the if we go old school sterling holloway old school sterling holloway you're always gonna you're always gonna hear these guys no matter what now Mm -hmm. (laughs) sorry Uh, (laughs) but the i liked little little attention to the like um the details in the training montage when hercules is it, when Phil's training him, the way the dummy keeps getting beaten up and beaten up and beaten up after all his failures, her eyes hanging out, she doesn't have any hair left. Like, but they keep <laughs> using the same dummy. I like the the progression of that visual gag is really fantastically done. Oh, um, yeah. The the fates themselves. So the the three fates of Greek of Greek mythology. One chooses the thread. One measure. Or sorry, one measures the thread. One holds the thread and one cuts the thread of a, a person's life, and they correctly assigned those characteristics to the three fates. Uh, the the f- three times we see them hold the string, measure it, and cut it, they are individually doing their tasks for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, see what else? There's another um, details. Uh, I don't have anything else in here. Whatever. <laughs> oh, uh, Phil's whistle. He's the coach, right? But he uses a pan flute for his whistle. Whistle. I thought that was really. <laughs> um, it was definitely yeah. It's 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 the attention to detail. The the, the directors they knew what they were doing, obviously, because they have they they had great detail in uh, our like their previous movies that they had worked on, and mm-hmm. this one definitely didn't uh, hurt. Now they. 
I think they helped write the screenplay, if I do recall correctly. Yes, as well. they do. Well, have, they're they do have among the 50 people who write every <laughs> Disney movie screenplay. <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, they, it's it's. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why for me. I just didn't care that much, and I would love to know why. I'm gonna have to. I'm. I'm. Oh man, I'm. This is gonna be like one of the first films that we've watched where I'm gonna probably have to go back and rewatch it again, <laughs> just on my well, own time. I, I don't think you're wrong to feel that way because when you look at your central character, because you had no information going into it, mm-hmm. you are gonna follow your main character and want to attach yourself to him and want to see the film through him since he's the central character. And if he's a bland character, that's going to affect your overall feel of the movie. This is a movie of moments. This whole film, I know that's kind of sounds like redundant, but honestly, <laughs> the, the gems, there's gems sprinkled through this whole film, whether it's the animation technique or whether it's a line of dialogue, because there's plenty of lines of dialogue. I, I'm amused by how much Yiddish is in this movie. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of like, ah, that's stuff. The I'm, like there's all the like especially from james woods there's a lot of of jewish yiddish in this it's very amusing to me the one thing that i will say like if maybe maybe the reason why i had a hard time connecting with hercules is because so far out of a lot of the movies that we've watched a lot of the disney movies in general and even Mm -hmm. so just like the last handful uh that we've watched stuff like hunchback and and pocahontas and even stuff like a lion king the our our protagonist was somebody that I could look at and go, yeah, I could be that guy yeah. or that you know that person. Hercules is a god who mm-hmm. doesn't have all of his powers but still is above and beyond what a normal human is going to be. And I think my head maybe my head just naturally went, oh, well, that's not somebody you will be. Even, even, because the whole, like, I know, right? I, I, let's admit it, guys. I mean, as, no, as no, good looking I, as I have, you know, my left hand side of my face looking like Chris Hemsworth, my right hand side looking like, like a later day Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, I still will never be Hercules. And, I, but like, because even like the whole being teased because he's different and, mm-hmm. and a klutz thing, a Hunchback did better in my eyes. Because yeah, I can relate, I can see Hunchback. I can see that as being a person that I, I that could that could be a real person. Hercules, I don't get that. You could you can relate more to some other characters we've had, and that's that is not a that's just a discredit. That's a criticism of the script itself because mm-hmm. if there because there's a great theme here that 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 a hero is measured by the size of his heart um, or the strength of his heart, not the not the size of his strength. Like that's a great message and. Right. And a little more development of Hercules in some just some simple key moments could have made him a more uh, a character you could empathize with a little bit more because he does have a noble he just wants to prove himself and earn his place in in a pantheon he wants to prove himself to the world as much of it as he wants to prove it um, himself uh, worthy and that's a mm-hmm. that's a that's a great noble that's a very good story technique uh, or a character arc. Uh, it just isn't right. developed enough. I actually think the one, a scene that really would have helped was if we had seen Meg and Hercules date because, and I, and I think that's a detriment to Meg as a character as well, that she's like, yeah, Hey, I said, come on, ditch Phil. Let's go out. Let's go see a play. Let's hang out for the day. Boom. The night. So, wow, that was a great date. And, <laughs> another song there or a mm-hmm. montage of them together out for the day 
Uh, if think Hercules of, is maybe while they're out, if Hercules is attempting because like he doesn't he doesn't know how to act on a date. So right. maybe if it's him trying to figure it out and kind of failing and but but she she sees that he's trying, so she thinks it's cute. Even that would have been enough for me to go, okay, I can now kind of relate to this character. Because yeah. even though he is a god, he is still having real human problems. You know, I've just, I've just tanking a date, basically. <laughs> a, a perfect example of a montage we've seen in the past few films is Eric and Ariel's dates out on the town. That's done in montage, but it helps develop them both as characters uh, before you get to kiss the girl. And I think that a moment like that in here would have reinforced the arc that Hercules was going through. It would have reinforced why Meg falls in love so what seemingly looks easy. Uh, mm-hmm. And and that's a that's disappointing that that isn't there because I think that would have helped. Um, I'd agree. But, uh, yeah, because uh, even go the distance, great song. That's it's a great song, but as far as it's presented in the film, I don't know. It doesn't have the same impact as a lot of the other I want songs we've seen. Part of your world, uh, Bell, um, mm-hmm. uh, even out there by Hunchback, which is as I've mentioned more than once, one of my favorites ever. Uh, even just around the riverbend from Pocahontas, those are such stronger character-developing songs. Uh, Go the Distance is a great song, but it doesn't have the impact that several of the other songs we've seen have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, is that? Do you think that could be? Is that? Is that? A, is that? Does that come down to just the script that uh, they had to work with uh, when it came to, to to writing the music, um, or do you think that was just? You know, because uh, how many? Because Alan Menken has been doing what? He's this is his sixth or seventh movie, and is not like, the last one. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, it's, and and so I don't know. Maybe is it is it was it is it just hitting a hitting a lull or or what? Why do you think maybe it's not as strong of a song? Do you think they could have just? It, I, I like to know who wrote the lyrics to it, or I want to know right. how that normally comes about. If if because I I do not know honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to know if 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 the script kind of has a like, Hey, here's a thing that we could do. Here's where a song should go. Yeah. I, I, what I think it is, is that we're, we're, I mentioned this, excuse me. I mentioned this last week, that, that balance, that tonal balance between the drama you can get from some of these movies and the fun and fancy free you can get from some, some of the other ones Mm -hmm. because they were, this movie is a reaction and pulling back from the drama we got from Pocahontas and Hunchback they didn't pursue that depth. They they kept it light. They kept it they kept it fun. They kept it snappy. They kept it moving, and by doing that, they sacrificed some of those deeper deeper elements that has appealed to us from the previous films. And it's just trying to find that. Just trying to walk that line and find it. Um, I don't know if if they will be able to get it, and it might be. It might be like I said before. It's like you got to pick one. You can't walk the line. You got to pick one side or the other. And I like I like that this movie decided to just go a little more wacky, go a little goofier, get back to what made the movies fun and exciting, and get rid of the dreariness of Hunchback mm-hmm. and the the drama of Pocahontas because those pursuits of drama and the dreariness um, are more failures than they are successes for what Disney did. The pursuit of comedy in this and the sacrifice of trauma is also a failure for this movie as well in in some respects. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, but they, I go back to the muses setting the tone for this movie. I think they are, everything is informed by that decision. And there's a uh, pain and panic, though some might find pain and panic to be as obnoxious as other sidekicks, and some of them might find enjoyment of them, as much as you had, Jeff. Mm-hmm. When they are introduced, and they come in, and they are doing over-the-top, oh, we're here, like they're just being their thing. <laughs> Hades literally does a fourth wall break as if to look at the audience and go, yeah, we're doing this. (laughs) (laughs) I do feel like Hades as a character is aware that he's in this movie and he, he's aware that he's almost in the wrong movie (laughs) in in a couple of moments. It just, he comes off being like, he never actually explicitly says it, but those little fourth wall breaks uh, or just the lines that he gives, he just, he, he, to me seems like he, Feels like he should be in a much more serious movie, but he is somehow stuck in this. <laughs> so he's just making the best of it. Yeah, but it's still good. I, I still think that there are 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 they did pay attention to a very. It's a well structured script, though it might not be the most developed script because mm-hmm. nothing happens by accident. Nothing is out of the blue. Uh, even they did. A, there's a great piece of script structure in that Phil gets knocked off of Pegasus as they're flying away. And that could be the end of the gag. He gets knocked off. Hey, watch it. Let's go. Boom. And he hits the ground. Uh, and when he wakes up, he wakes up to witness Hades and Meg talking to each other. And so he goes to run off. And it's all cause and effect. And that's mm-hmm. that's a well-structured script. But like I said, maybe not the most well-developed script, at least in, in the areas we've been criticizing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jeepers, Mr. You sure are strong. (laughs) Jeepers, Mr. (laughs) Sorry, you were going to say something? Go ahead. I was I was gonna ask I was gonna I was gonna switch a little bit. I do have one question. I well yeah I have one question for you, TC, and it's not the question you think it is. Okay, okay. I'm not jumping ahead. Okay. Um, I do want to ask a question. So there's a there's obviously a very clever moment. Now, so we we often talk about or every once in a while we talk about connections or or tropes or whatever. We we I don't really do much of the firsts anymore. But um, the uh, the the one the connection to a previous Disney film and kind of like the whole like Disney theory now. At one point, when Hercules, after Hercules has his little um, like popularity burst, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, he he's he's popular, and he's getting himself painted. He is wearing a lion mm-hmm. around yes. his around his head, <laughs> and that lion is absolutely obviously Scar. It's Scar, yeah. He is wearing Scar, <laughs> like, and it's not a subtle reference. And, and what I wanted to ask was because a lot of times our the references in these movies to previous Disney films are. Just that they're kind of obscure. They're very quick. We, mm-hmm. you know, you pay no attention to it. You move on. This is like they flat out make it a point to like show the audience, hey, look, it's Scar. You it's see, Scar. It, look, yeah. look, it's Scar. Because like even the fact of having like Phil like pick it up and like look at it and kind of <laughs> just kick it away. It's yeah. obvious. Is this is this the most like in our face reference that we've had? And why do you think they did that? Was it just for the gag? Yeah, or I think it was. Do you think I think it was just for the gag. I, I don't think they were trying to build some all-encompassing universe of characters. At least in in this film, I don't think they were doing that. I think it was. Or just were there they for the trying gag. to build an all-encompassing universe of characters? <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a very modern thing to do. Uh, oh, I think it was. No. I think it was there for the gag. It, it's it's a. It's an, it's a blink. It's like carpet being in Hunchback and Notre Dame, or or Belle being in Hunchback and Notre Dame. Um, right. We've we've gotten those little 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 sprinklings in there before. This was just brought to the forefront, and 
Oh, does it fun, take the viewing away? Does it take your viewing experience of the film away because they do make a joke of it and linger on the mm. fact that it's Scar? Does that well, does that it, take anything out of it for you? No, nah, it, it didn't for me. Did it, did it okay. for you? No, no. I was just I was because yeah. well, I mean, I do tend to look at that sort of thing, and I tend to I tend to be like, I wonder why they did that. I wonder why they made it be Scar, and why are they making such a big deal out of it? I know it's funny, and I understand that. Ha ha ha. Yeah. But why? Well, you know? if you think uh, Sebastian shows up in Aladdin when he's like, oh, King Crab, like right. So so Musker and Clements do have a precedent for such direct references because that Sebastian one. There's no doubt about that. He's like, ah, King Crab, boom. There's Sebastian, throw him away. <laughs> right. Down to having like the the under the sea <laughs> riff play. Yep. 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 <laughs> so I actually think that's right. more in your face than the scar one. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it, See, has, the I would, music, I it has the musical I, cue. It has the musical that, okay. cue. Okay. <laughs> the mu- if they had started playing the riff of "Be Prepared" or the 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 hook of it, um, mm-hmm. then I would be like during during Scar's yeah. appearance in this. Then I would agree that this would be more uh, on, on on the nose. But uh, yeah, all right. Yeah. I see your point. I get your point. Mm-hmm. I understand. Uh, so, so something that I, it's worth mentioning is the callbacks in this movie to stuff they set up in the beginning. Uh, one of the first things that uh, when they fail to kill. Hercules, pain and panic, is like, if he finds out, ah, if is good. And then in the end, hey, if he gets out of there, he's going to be mad. If he gets out of there, ah, if is good. <laughs> um, uh, Phil mentions his stubby bow legs the first time we meet him. And then in the end, Hercules says, you know, uh, mentions his stubby bow legs. Uh, there's a lot of fun callbacks to stuff in the script and i um going once going twice okay you got yourself a deal which hercules turns on hades in the climax of the film right i like that i like that those those setups and knockdowns exist in this film as well um you know jeff this might be worth watching a second time to 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 reinforce (laughs) your opinion um (laughs) i think i I might have to agree to it honestly i i I really think i might have to rewatch it because mm -hmm. I'm. I'm. We're we're getting to the point of the episode where we discuss our opinions of the movie and where we would rank it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't think people are going to be liking me much. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Just well, saying. The um uh, one little little final details I want to mention here before we actually can move on to our to our latter mm-hmm. sections of the episode. Uh, the muses when they are the busts during the I won't say I'm in love musical number. It was pointed out to me that they, those are the busts from the haunted mansion, the way that they're oh, set up. Oh, I didn't even and, think about that. Yeah, the the way the four are set up and the fifth one's knocked over. So that's a little little detail there. Um, the fact that they only show six planets aligning because the Greeks only believed there were six planets in the solar system. So clever. That's a, that's a nice little <laughs> detail there. Um, what about Meg dying on screen? <laughs> that is pretty dang okay, and that sequence is is pretty pretty insane. Like when you when like to, to actually see her die, and this is is fell into that category again, where where I'm like, okay, she's dead. Mm-hmm. Don't bring her back. Yeah, do not bring her back because I have a big big pet peeve. Of of films and of movies killing off a character just to have him be brought, and then having a full moment of sadness and you know trying to tug at my heartstrings to get me to feel something, and yeah. then just immediately be like, oh wait, by the way, there is a way that we can bring her back from the dead. Ah. Nah. Now I will defend and it. It bothers me sometimes. I will defend it. They established mm-hmm. that that was 
possible in the universe because Meg had done it. She had right. done it for the love of her life, and now Hercules was doing it in return to her. So it was established that it was a possibility. Right, and that's okay then. As long as it's established ahead of time and it's not something um, I'm looking at you, Star Trek Into Darkness, where all of a sudden it's <laughs> we like, cure oh, death. by the way, yeah, we cure death, so no one has to worry about anything anymore because mm. y'all gonna live. <laughs> I, however, am not entirely thrilled with the fact that she becomes the catalyst for the finale. Like they, it, I'm I'm on the fence of how I feel about that. That Hercules gives up his pursuit to be a be on Mount Olympus and everything is focused on saving this one individual, which is very heroic. But at the same time, Meg is such a strong character up to that point to then turn mm-hmm. her into the the prize. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm not in love with that that concept. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a concept that's it feels just. It's like, oh, you just are now, okay, you're turning it into a cliche love story that really, is that how it would have ended? Is that is that yeah. what would have been the outcome for this world? <laughs> <laughs> but no. that's not to, not to take away from the fact that the Underworld sequence is a, it's a very well-animated sequence. I loved how they, they created mm-hmm. that well of souls. And it doesn't have a horrifying element to it that we would see from something like Bald Mountain or uh, Black Cauldron. But it still has a real nice creepy element to it. Actually, well, oh, Hades, Hades, when he's in the the first time he goes to back to his place and he's just in the boat crossing the river. Yes, and it's just the river of just like floating souls, which is mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. really dark and disturbing when you when you actually think of it. When you think but it makes about sense it. for the character, and it's not and it's not like blatantly horrifying. It's just like yeah. once you kind of like dwell on it. But a lot of the again, I said this is a movie of moments. Uh, I love the Hydra fight, which is a. I love the color palette of the Hydra fights. Oh, it's uh, very yeah. bright. Oh man, yeah. the the first time he slices off its head. Yeah, and where it comes like, out of his oh, neck and. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, holy cow, that's wow, that was not what I expected at all. What did you think of the CGI in that sequence? Because the Hydra was a CGI character. Right, the CGI. So we're, we're obviously getting better. It's it, the the. Because we some of the CG we've seen in previous uh, Disney films that they use, they they try to use it to a minimum. But then you could go back to uh, what was it? Was it uh, Rescuers Down Under or was it Oliver and Company? Uh, Rescuers Down Under had Rescuers Down Under was uh, Marahut was completely CGI. That's right. Um, but then like just y- you can no, see she that she wasn't CGI because Glenn Keane was determined to animate her. <laughs> That's right. But a lot but of the, the vehicles. Like, yeah. Yeah. The vehicles and like the cities, because the Sydney Opera House and stuff like that that they did in yes. CG, that was just very. Which okay, at the time was different. At the time, that was the greatest thing they could do. Nowadays, looking back at it, you're like, wow, that's terrible graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, the like you could see the upgrade in the technology because obviously in '97 they had already released Toy Story, and mm-hmm. I believe A Bug's Life came out this same year. Um, or maybe another year or so, but they'd already we'd already had the first full length animated film, a three right. D animated film at this point, and you could see that the technology had gotten better with the, the character because the character had a lot of that hand drawn um, animation, just kind of like stretch and pull and squash and you know and just style to it that uh, it looked a lot better. I still. 
it still bugged me a little bit because I'm like, uh, you're so close to so being close, yeah. good, but you're still a little CG-ish, and it looks a little weird. But it's the the um, wider shots that it it gets a little too CG, like where it kind of mm-hmm. you can see it separated from the hand drawn stuff. But the facial expressions, I really liked the yeah. the blend of the hand drawn to the CG in there. Yep, um, definitely. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, TC, uh, for those of you listening, the TC had the most notes out of this week's episode. I unfortunately just had next to nothing for this film. And, and I, I asked TC to please keep the show running before we start. I think I'm doing all right here. TC, you're doing great. But before I, we get to, to rankings here, would you, is this a movie for kids? Would you sit, sit a kid down to watch this? I think I, I, this movie has a lot more kid-friendly um, beats to it than, obviously, like Hunchback did, uh, or even Pocahontas did. Which Pocahontas mm-hmm. wasn't 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 not kid-friendly. It was just wasn't anything super exciting. Mm, right. <laughs> um, I, I think I think kids would like this one more because of the aforementioned stuff, like what you said, the the, the goofiness, the light, more light tone that they went for in it. Uh, I think there's plenty of jokes. There's plenty of just uh, funny things. Plus any kid or like a lot of kids nowadays who've grown up watching Family Guy would totally recognize, recognize James, James Woods, Woods as 80s. <laughs> yeah. um, they'd be probably waiting for him to uh, say, ooh, a piece of candy at some point. Ooh, piece of candy. Because um, <laughs> I know that's the first thing that pops in my head, unfortunately. But, uh, but yeah, the, the I think, I think, I think there's a there's a decent lesson to be learned, and again, it, like like I said earlier, it goes back to those earlier films that we had watched, where if if you're gonna want to try to get a kid maybe interested in Greek mythology or or you know in kind of some of these uh, more ancient stories, this would be a good starting point to see if they're remotely interested in it. Yeah, you can you can go from this to Ryan Gosling's Young Hercules to Kevin <laughs> Sorbo's Hercules to The Rock's Hercules. <laughs> And then be like, I don't. Where did we just go? We just that's that's we an should, evolution. Uh, Holy cow! Well, it's just a downward spiral of quality in those four. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can stop at the Kevin Sorbo one and not go any further than that. There's nothing wrong with that. That show wasn't that bad. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about that, Jeff. I oh come know. on! Uh, it was produced by Sam Raimi. It had Bruce yeah. Campbell in it. Come on! It wasn't a serious show. <laughs> That's that's my argument. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I, I suppose now is a good time as anyway to see if we've uh, if you've disappointed. See of all the movies that we watched. Uh... <laughs> all right, I want I want you to stick with what you've chosen. I'm going to stick with what I've chosen here because okay. t- typically some uh, not typically but oftentimes our conversations will. I won't rank the movie until after we've talked for at least a half an hour. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I but, I had a ranking on mine. This, mm-hmm. I have not changed it, but I was going to leave it open if you had somehow convinced me to think otherwise. <laughs> well, I will say that um, overall, I, I because I'm a fan of the more animated, the more illustrated style of uh, and the escapism that movies like this can offer, I did find it to, to be more enjoyable, and I didn't have trouble watching it two times back to back, though it wasn't necessary for me to do so. Uh, <laughs> I am going to place this as my number three, below Ooh, Lion King and above three. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I already I wrote down what I think you're going to put, so we'll get to that in a second. But <laughs> when you have a character like Megara, who I is such a great female character, just a great character in general. She's got a great song. She has the best song in the movie. Go the Distance is a good song, but I won't say I'm in love. I mean, hell, all the Muses songs are fantastic as well. Uh, and Hades 
is such a cool villain. Uh, James Wood's performance in this. And again, as I said very early in this podcast, uh, Danny DeVito's performance is really, really good. He could have been that, what I feared, the Jason Alexander level of sidekick character performances. But no, he's a main character and he gives it his all. I love the 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 attention to detail in the design, the animation technique they used in bringing the Greek characters to life. Um, even as something as simple as hitting that centaur, he goes flying and his four horseshoes follow him. I loved the <laughs> Looney Tunes of that. Or or Earth to Herc and turning his head with a... Like... All that, all that Chuck Jones isms, mm-hmm. all that Looney Tunes isms. I'm putting it as my number three. Jeff, how about you? <laughs> so uh, yeah, my 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 ranking has not changed since I finished watching it yesterday. Um, okay. And uh, I, I will say we're not far off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am putting it at my number four. That's what so I thought. So it's going to be yep, yep below Hunchback and above Pocahontas. Um, just. I, I as as I've made it clear through this <laughs> through this episode, I loved Hades. Hades mm-hmm. is the sole reason I would watch this movie again. That's fine. I I, I had a feeling as I was watching it that I I was in your head, Jeff. We've spent <laughs> enough time doing this podcast now. Oh, no. I'm thinking like you. <laughs> oh no, TC, you're thinking like me. That's dangerous. Pretty soon, you're gonna just want to eat pizza and watch Beauty and the Beast over and over again. That doesn't sound so bad. Let me tell you, it's not really. I do it every other <laughs> Friday. Uh, <laughs> no, like I, it, Hades was the Hades was the one main thing that that I enjoyed the most out of it. I mm-hmm. like I said, Hercules just there wasn't anything for me to latch onto, and unfortunately, because I had a hard time latching onto the protagonist uh, yeah. or connecting with anything the protagonist was trying to, to deliver, I then went to the antagonist, and because the villain is usually the character I like the most out of out of most of these films. I right. love Jafar and I love Iago. <laughs> you know, I, I love the bad guys. They are always the things that I that I I I oftentimes latched onto if especially if I couldn't find the protagonist uh that I could relate to but but you know pain and panic are are funny and they're goofy I don't know I think my my love of them are more just because of the actors behind them and I might be willing to forgive some of their more ridiculousness because of who they are (laughs) um but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, the for for me, the songs were just kind of okay. I still agree; they're beautiful. Like the movies animated beautifully, everything looks great. We're we're really really into that time frame now, where the lines aren't rough anymore. You know, even even on Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast, you could still kind of see some of those rough edges mm-hmm. um, of the movies, and 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 we're we're definitely past that now. The movies look good; they look clean. They're it, it's a it's a well done film uh and but just at the end of the day i man i'm i'm on i'm i'm one of the outcasts i man hunchback was a fantastic movie yeah, i would yeah. happily watch hunchback and again that's usually how i rate these is if i had like i said before if i had two of them set down in front of me which one would which i watch one would first you watch, yeah. i'd watch hunchback in a heartbeat yeah, you know, I've listened I, to the soundtrack like four times since last week. <laughs> <laughs> and I go and I go the other way. If I were to to watch one over the other, I'd pick Hercules over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as as our listeners um, know, you can tweet at us or comment us on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash top shelf pod. Oh. If you want to give us some talking points or comments about about the film before we dive into it. Or if you're listening to this after it's been posted, feel free to comment. We we love to 
to get into some conversations. I've had a really wonderful conversation with Thomas about Hunchback and Notre Dame. If you guys want to go to that thread, you can see our back and forth about that. Really, I think it comes down to our disagreement about Jason Alexander. But other than that, <laughs> we're in a lot so, of agreement about... So no hashtag Hunchback fan edit or whatever, <laughs> Oh, apparently. no, no. He, he, he does want that. He does want that. Um, All right. I'll but, slow, uh, I'm going to contemplate doing that, so... <laughs> uh, do actually, there is one trope you 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 may have missed, Jeff. A villain mm. does fall to his death. The Cyclops. Oh, yeah, the Cyclops gets back to his death. I completely. I <laughs> didn't even think about that. <laughs> now, now, to be fair, he is an underboss, so it's not like the, the main villain falling to his death. But I he mean, did fall Hades does fall to death. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. In the sense of that, there's. Nah. Souls and dead bodies there? Huh? <laughs> Maybe? Right, well, no. A comment we got from Candace was that uh, uh, Tate Donovan, who voices Hercules, sounds just like uh, Channing Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> if you go wow. back to rewatch it, Jeff, if you really do go to be, be, go back to rewatch it, adult Hercules sounds just like Channing Tatum. So if there's ever a live-action Hercules, Channing Tatum is ready to go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I did not. I did. I. I see. Okay. I need. I just need to rewatch the movie. It's apparently <laughs> what we're saying here, everybody. Okay. Fine. I hear it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fine. Right. But so uh, let me go over to the Facebook page real quick here. So we do have a bit of a set of comments. Okay. So uh, first up from yeah, wow, um, a Scarlet Starkey here, who's uh, I don't recognize the name. So thank you for listening and commenting. My favorite of the later Renaissance films, love Hades and Meg. It has its flaws and comes across maybe a bit more of a throwaway, lighthearted than most, but sometimes we just want what you want. On a side note, when can we get that Gaston and Gurgi spinoff? <laughs> you were speaking of loving villains before, and I know Gaston's one of your favorites. I love my Gaston. I can't help it. I can't help it. Gaston, what are we going to do, Gaston? I don't know. Maybe another adventure. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't like adventures. Oh, no. <laughs> Why did well, I give up LeFou? <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> well, 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 actually, you know, we should just do the Gaston. Gosh, it disturbs me to see you, Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> if you can keep that voice up singing that entire song, I will give you a dollar. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, you didn't miss a shot, Gaston. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, who, who are you? Uh, 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 Gurgi, I'm Gurgi. You're a what? It really, it really is just Smeagol. Um, so Thomas uh, says, between the cast of Bobcat, Goldthwait, um, Paul oh, Schaefer. Oh, we forgot to mention Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer. Oh, yeah. Paul Schaefer is Hades in this. Uh, and... Though I'm not a fan of Paul Schaefer's work from the letter from David Letterman, he just always annoyed me. Um, mm-hmm. He does he does a fine job. Is it's a it's a really odd casting, but you know but he eh. yeah uh, and uh, Rip Torn as as Hades Rip Torn as, as Zeus as Zeus <laughs> oh as Zeus as, as as Zeus yes yes yep. um, uh, who was the person at Disney who seemed to like comedy sidekicks <laughs> uh, and now Thomas got his sister to comment because he had mentioned this is her favorite. And she does, in fact, say that this is one of her all-time favorite Disney movies. Uh, there are so many great quotes within the movie, such as, if, if is good. Uh, also, Meg is her favorite female character of all. One thing her and Thomas have discussed many times is if Meg should be considered a princess or not. We actually brought this up when we were 
discussing her earlier. The unofficial requirements to become a Disney princess are the character must be human, the uh, or human-like if you count Ariel. Uh, formally, she's half human. <laughs> yeah, or Tinkerbell, right? Uh, yeah. The character must have a primary role in an animated Disney or Pixar film, and the character must not have been introduced in a sequel. And the character must either have been born royal, married royal, or have performed an act of heroism. Uh, based on all that, should Meg be considered Disney princess? I'd say yes. Yeah, yeah, heck yeah. Her, she is very heroic. <laughs> She um, died for him. Right. <laughs> to, for two guys, actually. For she died guys, for the guy yeah. who left her and went to the underworld. She sold her soul, and she sacrificed herself for Hercules. Yeah, I definitely think Meg should be considered um, in the pantheon of Disney princesses. She should be crowned. Absolutely. Yeah. You want to start a petition? I'm going to start a... Yes. Go, not a I was just going to say, let's go, let's go, go start a GoFundMe. Go That's me. not going to do anything. <laughs> We're going to buy her a crown. Um <laughs> Uh, so Wyatt says, I only have one thing to say about Hercules. Meg is everything. She has the best personality, best lines, best song, best voice actress. I love everything about her. But she, like many of the characters, deserve a better movie. You're not wrong, Wyatt. I think you you may have found a lot of agreement in what Jeff and I have been saying. Uh, let's see. Scholze says, I like this one, though I didn't like the rewriting of Greek myths to make it the movie into make the movie into a better story. I get why but he's a huge fan of the myths, and he found it frustrating. Uh, but they stood out as more fun than the others, other films around it. And, uh, <laughs> Jeff, you're commenting as I'm doing this live. <laughs> uh, so Sholzy, I, help myself. <laughs> I, I hope I validated the decision for them to skew the mythology by the muses saying, you don't want to hear a boring old story. We're going to give you a fun one. Right. Um, and let's see, was there any other comments on here? Uh, Natasha says there is a part in the movie that makes me laugh every time. It's when the, oh, it's when she's approaching the boys under the rock before the Hydra fight, and one of them screams, "Somebody call I X I I," which is nine one one in Roman numerals. <laughs> I caught that this time when I watched it, and I, it cracked me up. It's very clever, very <laughs> clever writing. Very clever yes. writing. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, and you didn't think we'd have a long enough episode, Jeff, because I still I know, have a I couple was, of I, tweets to get to. I, I was worried there for a couple seconds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, actually, what is your tweets? Uh, so there was a tweet. Um, uh, do we find the, the merchandising montage annoying? And no, because that is historically accurate. The Greek heroes of ancient Greece were celebrities that signed autographs, made public appearance, appearances, and merchandised for Greek stuff. So even though it was the air Herc and he had his water bottle and the action figures, that is not too far off from the reality of Greek of Greece. <laughs> and see, and even if you even if you don't know that, even if you don't realize that that the actual ancient Greek you know, mm-hmm. heroes kind of were, did do that. It's still just kind of a funny, you know, uh, a, a funny, a funny comment on how just everything today has merchandising yeah. to it. You know, just from, all, uh, how all of the athletes show up in some form or another on cereal boxes or, or endorsing products or toys or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that was from dig, 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 hi ho. So thank you as always for listening. Thank um, you. let's see, there's a, uh, oh wait, let's do some quick little theories. I forgot to mention, this is actually a pretty great theory. It's an Aladdin connection. Ooh. All right, so in A Whole New World, Aladdin 
and Jasmine go to Greece. Remember, they go across oh, yeah. the right. Yep. And then they go to to Egypt, and then they go to the watch the fireworks in China. Now, when Hercules sings "Go the Distance," he sees a shooting star. Yep. Theory is that shooting star was Jasmine and Aladdin on their magic carpet ride. You know, it's funny because when that I so I did not know that theory. I didn't mm-hmm. t- until you just told me right now. But while watching the movie, I kind of thought that same thing. Actually, I was like, I wonder if that's supposed to be Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> now you could go so okay. So Clements and uh, Musker are the directors, so there's a connection mm-hmm. there. So maybe that would be enough. But though I I I will turn my nose up to the straight to DVD sequels. Occasionally, I will appreciate the cartoon series, Hercules, the cartoon series. Aladdin is in an episode. Seriously? Aladdin meets young Hercules. <laughs> See? Okay. Then that just proves it, guys, right there. This is a, we have a cemented in, in, in oh, which means, wait a minute, that's weird, because that means Agravok can no longer be in the distant, distant future. That's right. Now, which means that he has to be in the past. Oh, which also means Lion King has to take place before all of this and can't take place in a weird alternative future where animals rule the world. Oh, no, it's all falling apart. <laughs> Uh, I do not like this theory at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's all I have from the comments uh, from and uh, from Facebook and the tweets. And I like that theory quite a bit. And the fact that it's reinforced (laughs) by Aladdin and Hercules meeting in an episode of the cartoon. Thus, truth. (laughs) It's the honest mm. Zeus truth, Jeff. Oh, praise Zeus. All right. So, <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? That was a, that was a fun, that was a fun discussion. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully I won't get thrown uh, tomatoes at too much for hating this movie. Not hating. I didn't hate this movie. I just didn't care Only person for it saying much. you hate it is you. I know, but I just feel like everybody else loved it so much and I'm alone. <laughs> I I'm going to go ring my bell in my tower. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> you sit in your tower. I, I, don't, I don't think know. anyone's going to come after that, but I am curious to see what people have to say. But oh, I think we've reached the end of our episode here, Jeff. We what? have reached the end. So what TC. are we doing next week? Next week, we are watching, which by the way, this is episode 35, everybody. Look, 35, isn't that insane, TC? We're 35, like, yeah. Yeah. And next week will be 36 because that's how numbers work. Yes. Uh, we, we have like <laughs> about, we, I don't know math very well. But we have about mm. twenty movies left to go. Yeah, isn't that? It's kind of. It's kind of. It's kind of. It's kind of sad. I'm, I'm not mm. gonna lie. It is, we're mm. we're we're all downhill from here. No, uh, and, <laughs> no we're uh, not. We'll pick right back up. We'll pick we, right back up again. Actually, it's funny. I I was looking at just a little bit ahead, and we have a second Dark Age coming. <laughs> oh, oh, I think I know which ones you're talking about too. <laughs> uh, but that's but. not anytime soon what do we got next week Jeff next week we're watching the 1998 film Mulan ah, where we get to wait. listen to that sweet sweet Donny Osmond voice Donny Osmond uh, now wait. you you uh, again this is another one you haven't seen yep yep I have only ever seen um, Make a Man Out of You that section of the movie okay that's all I've ever seen I, I have no idea what else happens in this movie <laughs> I mean I kind of do all right, uh, all right. but uh, yeah haven't seen it have not seen it so <laughs> let's uh, let's cross our fingers and see how well we do next week huh <laughs> <laughs> well I, I'll, I'll uh, hit our tags here and everything I've already mentioned it several times you can hit us up on Twitter I'm at TC's big head Jeff is at random Bell and yo, of course yo. you can hit us up on the Facebook page facebook.com/ 
slash oh boy top shelf pod <laughs> you did so we... well tc now you're just going downhill <laughs> feel feel free to comment before we record so we may have some points of conversation otherwise uh hit, hit us up after the wherever you're listening to this episode whether it's on itunes or uh ghost hats or stitcher or google play uh, feel mm-hmm. free to comment at us and let us know what you think about our opinions or what you think about anything we might have missed um, it's, it's, we, we do this as much for ourselves as we do for you guys. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. And I know TC, TC, you, you talk to a lot of the people on the Facebook page. You beat me out of, uh, of talking to a lot of them, but <laughs> you have much better, more, uh, or a, a, a better, better composed responses than I ever would. I think mine would just mostly <laughs> be like, haha, funny. And that's it. And even though that was not can I not yeah it doesn't matter but uh I, I I definitely I love everybody I love I love the communication that we have with everybody especially you know our longtime listeners and brand new ones that seem to show up every every couple of weeks thanks everybody who listens to the show you don't yeah. know how much we love talking with you and seeing and interacting <laughs> with you it's it's great it's a lot yeah thank you guys thank uh, you but, everybody so, so but CC I guess that yeah. means it's time for you to do the sign off yeah okay so you know we, we did it Jeff this was fun thank you for having mm-hmm. having uh, this happen it was good uh, this was a podcast mm-hmm. we were the people you were listening to Indeed. and this and this right here this, this is the sign off Oh, I saw what you did there I love it <laughs> I love it I love it I love it Gaston what are we gonna do now I don't know kill the beast Kill the beast! <laughs> but now, where is that short little man that I used to have around me all the time? I, I ate him. <gasps> oh, I, I got dark. I got dark fast. <laughs> I figured we would fade out on that. We don't have to. That's, we will. <laughs> we don't have to. We don't have to go the distance on that very poor improv yet. Oh, I saw what you just did there. <laughs>